February 13th, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Kama at the Mishnah. Mishnah says, There are five situations where an animal will damage, where your property will cause nezek to another, and you'll be hayav hatzi nezek. You'll pay half payment. Um, that's what's called tam. That's, uh, we're familiar with the general case of tam that the Torah describes where an animal hasn't gored yet three times. You haven't been warned three times, but we're going to have five iterations, five uh, situations of tam where you're going to pay half until three times are committed. And then you have five situations uh, where we're going to consider animals mu'ad, where we're going to consider the damage. Mu'ad, the word mu'ad, literally the word mu'ad means time. Mu'ad over here means that it happened three times. In other words, that you were warned. Sometimes you're warned from immediately. In other words, you didn't need an actual warning beforehand. So we use the expression of mu'ad mitahilato, which means to say, you're hayav, you're going to pay full damage from the beginning. Now here's the uh, situation. An animal is not considered mu'ad, which again, we're translating simply as paying full damages uh, in the following five situations. In other words, there's only half payment in the initial times. If loligah, well that one's easy, that means to gore. If an animal gores, the first three times that it gores, it doesn't pay full payment. Vloligof, ligof we saw earlier in the Gemara, the Torah interchanges those two words. Sometimes it says yigah, other times it says yigof, and at the very least in the words of the hachamim, when we use the word yigah, it means to gore, yigof, means to push, which means it's not doing it per se with its horns, its head, it's doing it with its body. It's pushing another animal with its body. It's uh, going to be considered kerin. It's going to be paying half the first three times. Velo lashuch, lashuch means to bite without the intention of eating. All of these are what we call peculiar. They're not uh, standard cases. That's why they're Tam in the initial three times. Number four, to sit or to squat onto property of another, onto the, uh, the utensils of another and break them. And finally, not to kick with the intention of damage. Now, those are the five situations the Mishnah counts as the Tamim, the non Mu'adim. Um, these, yes, that's another way of stating it. So we're giving, in other words, you could have imagined for good reason that kerin means goring. The Torah seems to describe goring, which means you imagine it levels its head down and goes forward and nails another animal with its horns. So the Mishnah is just being explicit and giving you other cases. Yeah. Yes, if you're, for, if you're warned three times in any and all of these, you're going to be on the fourth time be considered... Yes, if the, well, we'll talk about a situation. What if your animal goes out recklessly in one day and does three, and then number four, and you weren't brought to Betin in the interim? Okay, we'll deal with all the details on that. We'll, we'll deal with the details. Oh, also, a very interesting question. The answer is no. Uh, needs to be mu'ad within each one of them individually. You know, if you just have a reckless animal, did one time that way, another time that way, it's time for that, and time for that, etc. And then you have all the uh, mu'ad situations. Hashin mu'edit, which again means it's forewarned. It doesn't mean per se that it got three warnings in these situations. It means it's considered as if it's warned, and you're going to be hayav immediately. How so? Hashin mu'edit le'echol etara'uila. It says that if it's shin, in other words, the animal is eating, it's consuming, it's benefiting from something that's ra'ui, 
Ro'i means appropriate. It's fruits, it's vegetables, it's grass, it's trees. If the animal were to be eating from that, that's considered shin, and it's mu'ad immediately. Ha'regel mu'edet lishbor b'derech hilucha. Right, so uh, I'm not sure if this is what you're alluding to, but you might recall yesterday I mentioned Rosh. Rosh in Perik Bet, Siman Gimal, deals with the case we talked about in our last Gemara. What if the dog attacked the lamb? Not a normal attack, but then it eats the lamb meat. Is the eating of the lamb meat, which it came about in a, quote, not Ra'ui way, to be considered Ra'ui or not Ra'ui? In other words, in dog, if the owner hands it uh, lamb meat, uh, says Rosh, it would eat from it. If the dog sees a lamb, it's very rare, if not uh, you know, extremely rare, that it's going to attack it. Rosh claims that the meat eating in and of itself is ra'uila. And when we mentioned in the Gemara earlier that if there's a larger lamb than the dog, that it's going to be considered tam, it's going to be considered kerin, that's only with regards to the goring, not with regards to the eating. So the meat would be considered, generally speaking, provided the animal is a carnivore, it's considered ra'ui. It's mu'ad mithilaton, therefore you pay full damage. Yeah, that's, how, that's the definition for us here. So again, hashen mu'edet le'echolet ha-ra'uila. Ha-regel mu'edet lishbor b'derech hilucha. Regel, which generally speaking is trampling, uh, broadly speaking means derech hilucha. In the way of walking, it damages in the normal fashion of trotting along. Vishor hamu'ad. And then it says, Shor Hamu'ad. What do you mean? That's what we're talking about in all these cases. Shor Hamu'ad is referring to a Kerim, which is Mu'ad. Any of those first five cases, if it was done three times and literally warned, it's a three-time um, you know, uh, infraction. Why are those not counted individually? In the first half of the Mishnah, you told me, five Tamim, they all fit within Kerim. If it gores with its head, if it pushes with its body, if it sits, if it can, all those. How come over here you just counted this as one and you have four others? You should have five plus four, you should have had nine. Rashi, on the left-hand side, points this out, gives a very simple and straightforward answer. It says, V'shor ha-mu'ad, look at the left-hand side in Rashi, Shalosh pe'amim ligah, o laguf, o lirbot, o libot, o lashuch. Those are all the five descriptions we had initially of Kedin. Harehen, as A.B. said, toladot of Keren. Harehen, hamisha mu'adin l'shalem, nezik shalem. Okay, so those are the five times, five situations. If three times warned, you're going to pay full amount. Ul gabe mu'ad, when it came to shor mu'ad, hashiv lehu had. It's considered just one. Five get incorporated into one. Why? They have a common denominator over here. What's the common denominator? Three warnings d- determines that this is considered mu'ad. Therefore, it's considered one thing. This is just one case. We're telling you in all the irregular cases, if you got warned three times, you're obligated. We already gave you the irregular cases in the first half of them. So the first half of them, you should not describe the irregular cases. Now we're telling you the halakha. still talking about a domestic animal in the second and third, so it's still a domestic animal? Good to have you back, Eli. Good to have you back. It's just, just, yeah, just two lines down in the Mishnah. I gotcha. Yes, these are all references to, I don't know, you know, to sure. 
to things of that sort, not to the lions, tigers, and bears, as we'll see in just a moment in the Mishnah, Eli Ashrecha. Uh, anyway, so the Mishnah then has mentioned... The, that's right, that's fantastic. The, Mish, the Mishnah then has mentioned two Mu'ad, so I, or three. We had Shin, Davar Harau'i, Regel, Derechilucha. Then we have Shorha Mu'ad, that's a reference to the uh, goring and etc., all those five cases. Vishor Hamazik Bershutanizak. What do those words mean? It damages on the property of the owner. Well, that's how referring to what well, we know in the Torah. We've read the Pasuk more than once since past week's parasha that it says, Ki and Ubi'ir Bister Apisteahir. A person, Vishilahat Be'ir Ubi'ir Bisteahir. That's referring to Shin and Regal. Shin and Regal is Birshutanizak. I bring my animal onto your property and chews away or it tramples. I'm obligated, not if it's in a public area. Keren, Keren was even What's the liability, you might recall, and it's going to come up now and now again, because of this line in the Mishnah, and the Enadiyuk in the Mishnah, what's the liability of Kerin, those five cases we mentioned at the beginning of the Mishnah, if it's Bershuta Nizak? I bring my animal onto your property, and on your property my animal gores your animal. That's what you liked at the time. We generally assume Hatzinezek, Hachamim, Rabbi Tarfon holds Nezik Shalim. Right? That's what we saw. It's a mahloket. Rabbi Tarfon held, and Judah liked it at the time. It's, it's pretty good. It's a good kalvahomer. He held kalvahomer. If Bershut Rabim in the public area, Shen and Regal are zero, and Keren is half, then certainly Bershut Ahid, where Shen and Regal are Nezik Shalim, Keren's going to go up to a full payment as well. What's the response, by the way, in parentheses of Hachamim? Of course, Hachamim hold half. What's their response? It's a principle known as Dayod Bamin Hadin Lihiyot Kenidon. We'll refer to it when we get there, which means to say you can't take a Kalva Homer outside of the realms of what you know, its constructs are. Uh, the example in the Torah, we're getting ahead of ourselves, so the example in the Torah for it is um, when uh, Miriam is uh, sent out of the camp at the end of Parashat Beha'alotecha. And the Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to Moshe and he says, seven days, Ve'aviha yarok yarak, if her father spat at her, how long would she be outside of the house? Seven days. So too, Tikalem, she's out seven days, embarrassment from, I mean, God, should be bumped up, should be double or something like that. As maybe the father is seven days, but the, her physical father, but her spiritual father, at least double the amount. You can't double it without, without proof as to how to do so. Regardless, that's, but that line here in our Mishnah is an interesting line because it says, which the simple interpretation, especially after that last line, is is that it's referring to Kerin, Bershuta Nizak. It's saying that Kerin, if it gores on your property, should be liable for full amount. It's a minority view, it's Rabbi Tarfon, but maybe that's what Hamishnah is going with. All right, the Adam, and lastly of those five is Ha'adam. Adam, Mu'ad Le'olam, the Mishnah will tell us later on, which means, say, if a person damages another person, so such thing as warning, so such thing as uh, just a few times, and then you're liable immediately, even if you're, the Mishnah will tell us, even if you're sleeping uh, in such a circumstance, you're Hayav immediately. Okay, that's the Mishnah until now. 
the last part of the Mishnah, uh, the uh, Eli Bogannon part of the Mishnah, uh, talks about the lions, tigers, and bears. It talks about the different types of animals. The question will be, and we'll address it in the, in the Gemara, why are these, they're like a separate segment. You told me I have five, and I have five. Whatever these are, they should fit into one of those listings, shouldn't they? What are they? Hazeev, Zeev is a uh, wolf. Uh, Ha'ari is a lion. Hadob is a uh, bear. Namir, we usually say leopard. Uh, the, the Gemara in, in uh, Gitin talks about something that's minumar, means it's spotted, spotted like a leopard. Bardelas, ooh, the Gemara is going to have a good time figuring out what that one means. Handahash is a serpent or a, a snake. Hare elu mu'adin. All of these, it sounds like, are mu'ad immediately. So then how come we didn't have six mu'adin? That's what it sounds like. And, and even from the beginning. A snake. Why is a pet snake? All right, give it a second. Two things. First of all, give the Mishnah a chance. Secondly, then we'll give the Gemara a chance. But good question. I don't, you know, you're a real American there. Oh, you're, you're a real American. You don't have pet snakes. I don't know. No. I mean, the easy way, you needed to count five. You needed to count five, number one. No, that was number four. That's, yeah, if you did the count. And secondly, secondly, it's Adam. What's that? The was connecting it to it. That's a, so two simple answers. Number one, the count. Number two, the vav is mehaber to there. And then you started a new segment. Hazeev. It didn't say ha'adam vehazeev or ha'adam vehazeev. You follow just? Okay, so that's, a, so that's the statement. Hare elu mu'adin. Rabbi al-Azhar omer bizman shehen bine tarbut enan mu'adin. Rabbi al-Azhar distinguishes. He says, even when it comes lion, tigers, and bears, nonetheless, if they're domesticated, if you, uh, that's right, uh, 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 that's right, Mars, aside from the snake in a moment, but if you domesticated your, your pet leopard, indeed, in such a circumstance, it's not going to be mu'ad mitahilato, it's going to be like an ox. That's an amazing statement to be maybe we'll address it, you know. What's that? You got three chances because you, uh, you, you trained it. Lastly, says Rabil, even Rabil Nahash, Mu'ad Le'ulam, no such thing as a domesticated Nahash, it's Mu'ad, Mitehilato, immediately it is always uh, so, it's going to be Mu'ad. Okay. Uh, the qu- so if I go to Nathan's house, right, and on his property he doesn't know that this is and then the snake bites him, so now he has no. to pay me. No, so only, if wow. only if it belongs to him. Only if it belongs to him. That's a wild snake. That, that just happened to have come onto his property. Question is, uh, Rashi and Tosafot and Daftet Zayn will be holek. If you look at Rashi for a moment, Hare el Mu'adin, about seven lines from the bottom of the Amud, says Rashi, and this is a reference to those uh, funny animals, the lions and tigers and bears, Afilu b'neshicha u'bechol nezikin, what Raji is telling you is irrespective of how those animals damage, whether it's by biting or sitting or knocking or whatever it is, they're liable nezik shalem immediately. That's Rashi's opinion. In other words, when I'm dealing with the wild zoo-like jungle animals, mu'ad immediately. You have a pet uh, leopard, and uh, it's notable yeah, What's Rashi isn't that what Mu'ad means? He's coming He's coming to exclude Shitata Tosafot Nandav Tetzayim. Tosafot is Holek. Tosafot's opinion is that each one of these are Mu'ad for the way that they generally attack. 
If you have a pet elephant and your pet elephant uh, bit something, it's not mu'ad mitahilato. If it tramples something, it's mu'ad mitahilato. If you have a uh, pet uh, namir, a leopard, and it uh, bumps into with its tail something and ruins it, it's generally not the normal way. The normal way that it would attack is with its teeth. In other words, Rashi is telling you these things. Right, so Rashi is telling you these items are liable for anything they'll do. Tosafot says they're liable if it's their normal way of attacking, if it's their natural way of attacking. That's, so that's what it sounds like from the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is not leaving us open to any tame snakes. Uh, the Gemara was well aware of, of snake charmers, but okay, we'll, 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 uh, we'll return to snakes, we'll return to the, this Tosafot, is Dibura Matahil Nahash and but that's why Rashid told you that. Okay, that's what we have in the, Gemara, in the Mishnah, and the Gemara's initial, response, initial uh, reaction and conversation is what I uh, drew our attention to one of the several things in the Mishnah, and that is, well, what's the halakha with regards to a short time? A keren b'shuta nizak in the property of another person. We know shin and regel, the eating, the trampling. If it's only if I'm on your property and then I pay full in public thoroughfare, nothing. We know keren goring. The Torah describes it in a public area. Then I pay half. What if it's keren the goring, the pushing, the sitting, etc., and it's on your property? Absolutely, absolutely. That I won't blame you for seeing because we saw that in the Gemara earlier. That'll be very relevant. But says the Gemara initially, from the fact that the Mishnah in the latter half begins with the words, Hashem Mu'edet Le'echol. Shin, the eating, the benefit from damage is Mu'ad. You're paying full damage from the onset. Miklal, we can derive from this. It means that the context of our Mishnah, if you ask me, where is this all taking place? First line tells me, Rashut Hanizak. How do I know that? Pasuk in the Torah. Pasuk in the Torah says, Ubi'er bisteacher. We spent a lot of time talking about this. We'll spend a little bit more now again. If my animal gets benefit, if it goes and it's grazing, it's only if it's grazing on your land which is your land. If it grazes because you left your grass out in Rashut Rabim on Avenue U, on Avenue no, in such a situation, I'm not uh, obligated. Then, says the Gemara, so, so far, so good, Vikatane, and then the Mishnah continues and says, Behema ena mu'edet leshalem kule, aval hasinezek meshalemet. But the Mishnah in the stage right before this, right, that was the latter half of the Mishnah, but if you looked up, one line in the Mishnah told me the five situations where an animal is not liable to pay full amount, but rather half. What were they? The sitting and the banging and the goring, etc. Wait a second. Our imagination at this point, for good reason, is the Mishnah has a heading. You're supposed to depict it in your mind. Where is this all taking place? It's taking place in one place. Where's that place? I don't know. It could either be in the public area or in private area. Rabbi, what's it talking about? Well, I have a clue in the Mishnah. The Mishnah told me Shen and Regel is going to be Hayav Nezek Shalem. That already told me I'm talking about in private property. Or well, if it's talking about in private property of what we call Reshut Nizat, the private property of the person who got damaged, well, then the earlier stages as well, when I talked about Kedin, our assumption is, was talking even Reshut Nizat. Well, that being the case, we've settled this issue. Our Mishnah is then going 
according to the opinion of Hachamim. What's Hachamim? Returning to that conversation again. That Keren, even Bershutanizak, the goring, the sitting, etc., all the irregular activities of Kavanala Hazik, even if it happened on the other person's property, is obligated only Hatzinezik. Maneh, who's the author of our Mishnah? Question mark. Rabbanani, this must be the opinion of Hachamim. De Amre, after all the Hachamim, this is a Mishnah later on. On Daf Kafdalit, the Amre, the Hachamim's opinion is Mishune Keren Behazer Hanizak Hatzinezeku de Mishalim. The statement of the Hachamim is Keren, which we quantify. Rashi told us this on Daf Yodalit, always as Mishune Keren is considered irregular, atypical. Not normal. Animals, amazingly, because you wouldn't, I don't know, you go to the zoo, you don't Tom. imagine this way. Yeah, but, but the concept is, correct, Tom, Keren, the concept is they don't naturally have intention to attack. They have intention to attack if they're going to get something out of it. Just to attack, Mishune. But regardless, says the Mishnah then, uh, says the Gemara for us, that our Mishnah must be according with the opinion of Hachamim. Shortam, Bereshut HaNizak, Hatzinezek. Says the Gemara, Ema Sefa. Wait a second, now say, and when the Gemara says Ema, here's the way I imagine, it's the way some write it. It's the way it works like this. The rabbi was uh, teaching and speaking with the students. There was one who was reciting the Mishnah and says, okay, let's analyze what you just said in the Mishnah. You got it? Now, uh, Mr. Uh, student who just read the Mishnah, now read the rest, last, last part of the Mishnah. Ema Sefa, right? The Gemara says, now state this final part. You see why? You just walked yourself into Shor HaMu'ad, Shor HaMazik, Bershut HaNizak, Ve'ha'adam. But the important words are those middle words. Shor HaMazik, Bershut HaNizak. It says that if an animal damages on the property of another, it pays Nezik Shalem. It doesn't have such a reality of paying half of being Tam. Atam Lerbi Tarfon. That would be following, that would be going, that means to go with the opinion of Rabbi Tafon, De Amar, after all, the opinion of Rabbi Tafon is De Amar, Mishunekerim, Behatser Hanizak, Nezik Shalem, Hude Mishalem. We're stuck here in the Gemar, in the Mishnah, Reshar Abanan, Besefar, Rabbi Tafon. Are you telling me our Mishnah is mixing and matching? Our Mishnah is starting with an assumption like, Hachamim. First five cases, we're talking about Bereshut Hanizak, even on the property of another person, and it says Tam. It talks about the reality of Tam. You see, we're going with Hachamim, Keren, Bereshut Hanizak is Hatzinezek. But then you told me, the Hamazik, Bereshut Hanizak is Mu'ad Mitehilator, pays full damage immediately. That's going according to the Bitarfon. So it's, it's a little confusing. The Mishnah is really mixing opinions. Now, don't forget, there are two segments to the Mishnah. It could be. Uh, says the Gemara in its first answer, yes, absolutely. In indeed, our Mishnah is mixing and matching. Initially going with Hachamim when it told us Hatzinezek, and then segueing to Rabbi Tarfon Deha Amar Le Shemuel Rav Yehuda. After all, Shemuel turned to his student Rav Yehuda. We saw this quote just a bit ago when we talked about similar in the other Mishnah, the same type of issue. What did he say? Shinna. Uh, generally, we translate Shinina as sharp one, indeed. Uh, so there's two interpreters. Rabbi Natan Baal Ha'aruch says it either means sharp one, Milashon Shinun means to sharpen. The Gemara Masechet Kiddushin, Veshinantam, and Aflamet says, Shiu divrei Torah mechudadin beficha. It's sharpened. The Torah should be sharp on your tongue. We say, Veshinantam levanecha, Sheimishalecha adam, Altigam gem. 
Ela emolo miad. If a person asks you a question, you should be able to respond immediately. No stuttering. Shinantam, sharpness. Alternatively, shinun milashon mishnah. The shinantam might just mean to study in the most simple sense. So it means either learned one or sharp one. If you recall, I cited at the time as well that they quote from Rav Haiga on it may have something to do with shin. Very appropriate to our uh, Gemara, which would mean that Shimuel called his student Rav Yehuda the toothy one because apparently he had big teeth. I don't know. He had, What's that? Oh, he's wordy in a nice way. Nice, okay. I don't think that's what he said. I think he says physically he had big teeth. Regardless, didn't Shemuel say to Rav Yehuda? Shinina, sharp one. So where we go on this? Shevok matnitin, leave the Mishnah aside. In other words, stop boggling your head, getting all confused about the Mishnah. Vita and come abatrai after me. In other words, I'll tell you how to explain the Mishnah. You're trying so hard to twist the Mishnah, to fit it, whatever. No. That was the approach of Shimuel. He said the first part of the Mishnah follows Hachamim. Shor, excuse me, Kerin Bershuta Nizak Hatzinezek. The Sefa, this latter part of the Mishnah is Rabitafon, Kerin Bershuta Nizak Nezek Shalem. The Gemara does not suffice with that approach. It has several more approaches. We have some 15, 20 lines now dealing with different approaches. Each one more clever than the next. So, you know, to, more than anything, it should be an entertainingly mood. But you have to, as they say, you have to hold cop. You have to, you have to hold your head to it because you have to remember what the Mishnah said and how we're dealing with. So that was the first approach. First approach is that the Mishnah seems to be giving us mixed messages. Indeed, it is mixed messages. The Mishnah starts with the opinion of Hachamim and ends with the opinion of Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Lazar Rav Amar. Rabbi Lazar, in the name of Rav, suggested Kular Rabbi Tarfon. Our Mishnah is entirely to be tarfon. Entirely to be tarfon. How do you explain the first part of the Mishnah? The first part of the Mishnah said there are five cases where you're paying Hatzinezik, where we consider it tam. Five cases where, where am I? Well, the next line said, Shin, you're paying full Nezik. That's got to be Bereshut HaNizat. How do you explain the first part of the Mishnah? Like Rabbi Tarfon, Resha, the first part of the Mishnah is perhaps talking about Behasir, Remember this one? It's a situation where we have a partnership on this land, but not a full partnership. I have a, I have a few more rights than you. We're both are allowed to bring our dogs onto the property. I am allowed to stock the fridge with food. Uh, that's the situation. So it's my property with regards to storing my food on it. It's a shared property in terms of bring. It's a shared dog park. However, one person let, gets to own the uh, food stand and it's his own property. What happens in such a situation if the dog attacks the dog? Dog attacks the dog. Are we considering that Rishut HaNizak or Rishut HaRabim? Rabim, we both have ability to have our dogs there. There's equal, equal uh, uh, ownership in this, and as a result, it'll be Hatzinezik, even according to Rabbi Tarfon. If it takes place in a public area, that's the Pasuk in the Torah. What about if your dog comes and eats my food in such a situation? He wasn't allowed to do so. It's only mine for the food, and as a result, it's considered Reshut HaNizak for Shin, and Reshut HaNizak Vehamazik, or whatever, similar to Reshut for Kerin, so again, that's how Rabbi Lazar does this, B'Shem Rav. What's that? 
and he pays full. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's nothing in Shem, right? Rabbi Lazar Mishamed Rav Amar Kular B'Tarfon He Reshab Hasiram Yuhid LePerot LeEchad Men. One of them gets to own it for the produce, for the goods. But both of them have ability and rights to be there, to have their animals there. When I'm dealing with the liabilities of Shein, the fact that your animal ate from my property and enjoyed it, it's my property. Ah, you're not allowed to bring your stuff there. So that's the second approach to the Mishnah. Next approach in the Gemara says, or oh, before that, Amar of Kahana, Rav Kahana says, I repeated this approach. I heard this approach, says Rav Kahana, and I repeated it in front of Amrita, I said, the teaching. When in Talmud Bavli, everything's about hearing. etc. It's about hearing. If you open Zohar, if you open Talmud Yerushalmi, it's always it's about seeing. Anyway, Amrita Lishma'ata, I repeated this teaching in front of the Rav Zevid of the Rabbi Rav Zevid and he responded. He didn't love such an approach. Why not? Can you actually suggest that our whole Mishnah accords with the opinion of Rabbi Tarfon? Why not? One more time. What's Rabbi Tarfon's opinion? Rabbi Tarfon's opinion is that if it's in the Hatser Hanizak, if Keren took place in my property, you brought your dog onto my property, Nezek Shalem. What's the problem with that? Hakataner, doesn't the Mishnah say, listen to the words and realize the, the brilliance, Remember those words? We focus on those words as well in the Mishnah. Shen is only liable for Nezek Shalem if it ate the common foods. I know that's typical foods. Ra'u'ila in she'en ra'u'ila lo. It's only going to be paying nezek shalem if it ate uh, meat or the uh, fruits or the vegetables. If it ate anything else, it wouldn't be paying. Ve'il bitarfon. If we match up Rabbi Tarfon, let's realize what Rabbi Tarfon amazingly told us. Rabbi Tarfon said, Kerin, which by definition, it is the definition. The rabbis refer to it as Mishune. It's the atypical thing. Remember, I mentioned this earlier. You go to the zoo, you assume animals just devour one another for fun. Not true. Animals say the hakamin don't attack for intention just to attack. The the intention is to eat. The intention is for another. It's atypical. So it means by definition, kerin is mishune. Now, if I'm dealing with kerin, which is mishune, and according to the bitarfon, if it's on my property, you're liable. Nezek shalem. It means Rabbi Tafon doesn't make such distinctions. Rabbi Tafon says if you're on my property, you're obligated entirely. I don't care if this is normal or not normal. What are you doing on my property? What are you doing with your animal on my property? Which means to say, again, if Rabbi Tarfon tells us that Kirin, which is Mishune, the paradigm, the best example of strange, atypical activity, but it's on my property, full amount, so it's Shin, your animal's eating. You say, oh, come on, how was I going to think that my animal would be eating metal? I don't care, it's on my property. According to Rabbi Tarfon, the fact that it's on my property, it's Bereshut Izak means it's Nezik Shalem. You can't square these words of the Mishnah with Rabbi Tarfon. Do you follow? Again, if I'm going to suggest that the author of our Mishnah, the Tanav of our Mishnah is Rabbi Tarfon, you can't explain why Shen needs to be Davar Harawi. 
if you understand that the Mishnah follows Hachamim, I understand the logic. Hachamim say, let's analyze what the Torah taught me about damages. Torah teaches me when it comes to Nezik, you're only going to be Hayav Nezik Shalem, full amount, if it did something that's typical. Muvan, if it's an animal that gores, which is atypical with the intention of goring, even if it's Bereshut Tanizak, if it's on my property, half damaged. No such thing. No, uh, you, should, you shouldn't have been on my and Rabbi Tarfon's principle is you go onto someone else's property, I don't care about how atypical it is, I don't care about how much you shouldn't have thought, you shouldn't be on my property. Nezik Shalem. That's why the Gemara says we can't accept that Rabbi this is a bit tough. That's the only time it's tough. That's right. So, so to speak, to say, state it like this, when you're Bershut Rabim and it's Mishune, it's strange, atypical, and the other person has no right. That's when I pay Hatsi Nezik. You're on someone's property. That's Keren. That is Keren. That's the definition of Keren. If it's Mishuneh, Bereshuta Yahid, Bereshuta Nizak, Nezik Shalem. So then how come when it comes to Shin, it ate metal, I don't know, it ate, I don't know, whatever else, atypical, it ate toys, how come it's uh, going to be paying, uh, uh, not going to be paying if it's Mishuneh? It should be paying if it's Mishuneh. Says the Gemara, that's why Rav Zevid knocked out the suggestion that it's Kular Bitavir Bitarfon Ha'amar Mishuneh Keren Bechatser Hanizak Nezik Shalem Mishalem. According to the Bitarfon, it shouldn't and wouldn't be true that Shin needs to be eating Davar Hara'uila. And therefore we knocked out. We suggested to disprove this second approach. So what are we standing with? Our Mishnah is somewhat confusing. The Mishnah on the one hand seems to tell us that Birshut Nizak, you're paying Tam, you're paying Hatzinezik. On the other hand, you have the later line in the Mishnah which says that if it's Mazik, Birshut Nizak, it's Mishalim, Nezik Shalim. It's confusing. It sounds like Hachamim originally. And then Rabbi Tarfon at the end, we suggested, yes, mix and match. That's a Ravi, that's Shemuel's approach. We had another suggestion. It's all to be tafon. We couldn't accept it. Ela le'olam rabbananhu. Rather, perhaps we can again argue that the Mishnah is following one opinion. It's oh hachamim. Oh hachamim. Uh, I understand the reshav, the Mishnah now. I understand the first part, which told me tam, even as Bershut Tanizak. What about the final words? What about the second segment, of the sefa of the Mishnah, when it said that the mazik Bershut Tanizak, if it damages on another person's property, you're paying nezek shalem v'hasure mechsera v'hachekatane. Anytime the Gemara mentions those words, it's what we call the hukkesat, which means to say it's adding in words. What's the logic in adding in words? Well, first and foremost, you want to resolve it. You don't have a better resolution. You'll suggest whatever you can. Secondly, there's a little bit added, and that is, as we've said a hundred times from Tiferet Yisrael, and it's Perusha Mishnayot, he suggests in one place that the Mishnayot were purposefully written in such a fashion so that people would be able to repeat them and sing them. They were supposed to have a melody and a rhythm. And as a result, certain words were left out, just like in songs. You skip a word, you skip a verse, so that the melody and the beat works well, so people memorize it. So, says the Gemara, those words were left out of the Mishnah. Let me tell you what the words were. What were they? This is what the Mishnah should and could have said and really did say. Just some words were left out. First part of the Mishnah told us there are five short times, right? Five situations where Kirin, if it a bit or it gored or it pushed or it sat or it kicked, okay. Adu. And if any of those five, these words were not in our Mishnah, if any of those five were three-time transgression with warnings, I'm adding now, hamishatan mu'adin, all five of those become mu'ad. We didn't see those words in our Mishnah. So again, 
the Mishnah begins by saying the following. If you're Bereshut Arabim, and your animal, I'm just doing one of the five gores. The first three times, time. Now, these words we didn't see in our Mishnah, but if it's three times, the fourth time, it now becomes Mu'ad. But those are the words in the Mishnah. Zero to full. From half to full. Half and Shut Arabim? Half and Shut Arabim. Kerem Bereshut Short time. Then says the Mishnah, you should know, now that I dealt with Kerem, push it out of the way. I know what, I, what, what we were assuming until now is what I told you. I said, put one heading to the Mishnah. The Mishnah reads like this, there are five tam and there's five mu'ad. You say it like that, it sounds like we're talking about all in the same reshut, in the same domain. If I say it differently, I say, there's five tam. All five of those could become mu'ad. I finished the conversation about that. Let me tell you, there are five other mu'ad situations. Now that you articulate it like that, first part's Bereshut Arabim, second part's Bereshut HaNizak. Has to be, because it's Shen and Regil. But now, because we assumed originally, because if I speak in a sentence to you like this, I say, there's five tam and there's five mu'ad. You're thinking to yourself, oh, it's all in the same Bereshut. Now that I said it's five tam and they could become mu'ad, if it happens like that, I ended that. Now, let me tell you there are five other mu'ad. The Shen Regil mu'adim mithilatan. How are you going to read the first part of the Mishnah? How are you going to read? One second. According to because according to the Bitarfon, it doesn't need to be Bereshut Harabim. Excuse me. According to the Bitarfon, oh, that's right. That's right, we can't distinguish between uh, Davar Harawila, thank you. Right, that was the question that we just had from Rab Zevid Min as usual. What do you mean? Hamishatan Mu'adim, Mu'adim Mithilatan, Ha'adatan, and when I'm dealing with Shen and Regal, etc., where is it that they're Mu'ad? Hanizak. Okay, we'll continue with this tomorrow as the Gemara concludes this conversation. Baruch Amen, Amen.